I know we're seeing uh, earlier and earlier symptoms of menopause in women and mm -hmm. October is Menopause Awareness Month. So uh, you found a connection. Yeah, so there's evidence now starting to show, right, that the loss of estrogen that women start to experience anytime after the age of 35 um, is linked to cognitive decline. What can they begin to notice if they are having cognitive decline? It's things like if you were the one that was always paying the bills and now you're forgetting to pay the bills, right? It's more serious loss of cognitive function than you know what we see generally as we age. The problem is by the time we're starting to see those changes is that the brain has already likely atrophied a significant amount, right? And it's probably been progressing for, they say, up to maybe 15, 20 years by the time we start to see those symptoms. That's why prevention starts to become mandatory, really. Welcome to the Brain Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Patrick Porter. Please join us on our mission to better a billion brains. Enjoy the episode and remember to share it with your family and friends. Hello, welcome back to the Brain Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Patrick Porter, and I have a very special guest today, someone who's accomplished a pharmacist and the founder of Women's Health Company. She's a dedicated to women's health and disease prevention. She's really found her place in cognitive health as providing tangible solutions and resources. And if you're curious about how a pharmacist got into all this, we're going to find <laughs> out here today. She's also the author of a, a new book, Lady Parts, Putting Women's Health Back in Women's Hands. So you ladies out there, listen up. And you men that are listening, hey, make sure your lady listens to this podcast. So Dr. Desai, hey, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so tell us a little bit, how does somebody who originally comes from Ontario, Canada, earns her doctorate in pharma pharmaceuticals, and then comes here and ultimately creates a private practice in integrative health? Tell me, how that how does that transition happen? Because most of the time when people buy into pharmaceuticals, that's it, it has to come in a has to become in a pill bottle or a potion. So tell me a little bit about how that journey happened for you. Yeah, I think I got very lucky in my career that, um... I did my doctorate of pharmacy in Ohio, and then I did come back to Ontario initially when I was first working, but I immediately um, got a job in a clinical, a large teaching hospital, so a very clinical role. So I was up on the floors with the team um, on the cardiovascular team and the oncology team. Um, and very shortly thereafter, I took a position in a different hospital where I was actually the clinical coordinator of the department. So it was much more of a teaching role um, where pharmacists go to the floor, they advise on dosing and, you know, can will write notes in the chart and that. So that was that was kind of where it began, where I think from there, my next transition was starting a healthy heart clinic, which was complete disease prevention. And I think it was my role in, on that cardiology department that, you know, I became very concerned about our long-term health and that prevention is key because once we become sick, we're just backpedaling, right? And, and then it's just Band-Aid solutions after that. So with the Healthy Heart Clinic, we were, you know, diagnosing young people with, you know, who had blood sugar issues, but we weren't, we weren't checking for that in traditional medicine. Um, so screening became very important, um, advising on lifestyle changes, because I think, um, you know, you and I have chatted that lifestyle changes are key that if we don't have a good foundation, then we are just putting ourselves at risk for illness later on down the road. After I started this healthy heart clinic, we kind of transitioned into more of an integrated medical center where we were treating a lot of pain and addiction. And within that population, a lot of the pain patients that we had were actually perimenopausal women who were developing fibromyalgia. Um, and it just, it wasn't that 
age bracket was not lost on me that it was a lot of women in their late 30s into their 40s and 50s who were ending up with these inflammatory conditions. Um, and we were trying to actually reduce narcotic use and improve lifestyle to help reduce some of their symptoms and chronic disease. And then it was right around that time that my mom was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. So she was in her maybe early 50s when she became symptomatic, which again would have been her perimenopausal years. Um, so that was what really propelled me into starting my research on you know, brain health and cognitive decline and what are our risk factors, what can we do about it? We know that there is no causation that we're currently familiar with, but we do know that there's a lot of risk factors that we can be preventing if we start very early on. And that's kind of what Revival is about, this women's health company that I've started. I want all these women that I saw um, throughout my career to start prioritizing their health, be aware of their risk factors. Um, and then hopefully have some solutions that they can actually start implementing. 13 years into your practice, you changed, you, you did a full turnaround and started working with brain health. And you talked a little bit about what, like what are the biological markers or what can they, what can they begin to notice if they are having cognitive decline? Because now that you're focusing on brain health in the women's population, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think a lot of women, because during their perimenopausal years, they already start to you know, experience some brain fog. Um, we become a little bit concerned as we're aging that we're starting to forget the odd word or we stumble on a sentence or we walk into a room and can't remember you know, what we're looking for. And I think with dementia or Alzheimer's specifically, it's more pronounced than that. It would be loss of like daily function, right? That we start to become concerned that you're not forgetting where you put your keys, you're forgetting what your keys are. Um, or you're repeating behavior that, you know, you forget that you had done something the day before and now you're repeating it again the next day. Um, it's things like if you were the one that was always paying the bills and now you're forgetting to pay the bills, right? It's more serious loss of cognitive function than, you know, what we see generally as we age. The problem is by the time we're starting to see those changes is that the brain has already likely atrophied a significant amount, right? And it's probably been progressing for, they say, up to maybe 15, 20 years by the time we start to see those symptoms. Um, so that's why prevention starts to become mandatory, really. It's not, it shouldn't be an option, especially with the increased risk that we're seeing and increased incidence of cognitive decline in our population, and we don't know why. Well, I'm a big believer that uh, there's three phases to brain fitness. One is nutrition, right? Mm -hmm. So and then we then I talk about movement, I talk about brain fitness, and you talk a lot about nutrition in that. And there's some things we can do to reduce those risks through dietary lifestyle practices. Can you share some of those with our listeners? Yeah, it's the list that, you know, we don't love to hear because it means getting up all the inflammatory foods. And so that often means dairy, um, especially processed dairy, um, you know, off gluten, essentially, because all processed carbs are quite inflammatory within our bodies. Um, sugar is key, you know, number one that we need to be reducing how much sugar and processed foods. And I think we need to be skewing towards a whole food diet, right, where we're eating a lot more, you know, phytonutrients and, you know, a variety of plants and vegetables and fruit 
and lean sources of protein. And I think a lot of the problem is just the toxins that are in our food now that's making our diet much more restrictive than it probably was generations ago that, you know, everything has been heavily processed. We're using, we used a lot of chemicals for decades that's in our groundwater, it's in our soil. So now it's trying to find clean sources of these foods. It's not the foods themselves that are, I think the problem, I think it's a lot of it is the toxins that we're taking in with, with everything we do, whether it's, our, you know, skincare line, right to what we're eating. So I think it's trying to reduce as much as you can, right? I think within reason, that's generally where I ask, ask patients to start. Mm -hmm. Now, is this kind of outlined in your book or can they find it somewhere else mm -hmm. on the website or how would they tell us a little bit about how you put that in the book? And is there an action plan for people if once they buy Lady Parts? Yeah, so the book is meant to be kind of like a foundation handbook for women, where I put out a survey when I was first starting Revival, just asking women what their where their concerns are. And it was interesting because regardless of demographic, regardless of location, I was getting a lot of similar responses that women are kind of experiencing the same thing as they hit their perimenopausal years in terms of symptoms. They're not really prioritizing their their health because they're they're overburdened taking care of whether it's their family, their partner, their job, their ailing parents or aging parents, um, and they're not prioritizing themselves. And I like to liken it to when you're on an airplane and you have to put your own oxygen mask on to help everyone around you, right? So I, that's what I want women to do. And so within the book, I've broken it down into kind of subcategories of the the most commonly experienced symptoms that women can expect to have, or many women have, and then some lifestyle changes that they can make, whether that's, you know, adjusting their sleep hygiene or adjusting their diet. Um, if there are supplements that can help aid with all of that, again, there's no magic bullet. I like to say and trying to address risk factors from multiple angles is always best. Um, but yes, all those lifestyle changes are listed based on the symptom that we're talking about in the book. I know we're seeing uh, earlier and earlier symptoms of menopause in women and mm -hmm. October is Menopause Awareness Month. So uh, you found a connection between Alzheimer's and menopause. Can you share a little bit about what your findings show and maybe how people can, you know, get help there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's evidence now starting to show, right, that the loss of estrogen that women start to experience anytime after the age of 35 um, is linked to cognitive decline. And, you know, there's numerous reasons for that. We have estrogen receptors in the brain. Um, estrogen is involved with um, serotonin, which is our, you know, happy hormone. Um, so you start to see a lot of mood changes. It affects our sleep, which we know poor sleep leads to poor brain health. Um, it also affects the glucose metabolism in the brain, um, which they call Alzheimer's type three diabetes. So there's numerous ways. And then actually a, a study was actually just released recently, which I don't know where, what to do with the findings, but they're saying that women with more severe hot flashes or vasomotor symptoms tend to have a higher risk of developing Alzheimer's. It's not a guarantee again, but these are some of the correlations that they're starting to see. So I think for women, it's, this is probably part of the reason we're seeing a, a higher incidence of Alzheimer's in women than we do in men. Right. If you could take one of your patients and give them the perfect weekly structure of what to do, <laughs> give us kind of an outline of what that would be. If they were, like, if you could just type up a computer program or an app that would be installed into them, they would walk out of your office and th these symptoms would minimize or maybe be at least be uh, be able to cope with them, what would you have them do? What would be a, a normal week? 
Yeah. So I think it's addressing all the risk factors at once, right? So that would be diet. So, you know, like I said, reducing all the processed foods. Um, secondly, it would be reducing alcohol intake, especially later in the day, caffeine later in the day. Um, and in prioritizing sleep hygiene, because I think they go hand in hand. If you're not sleeping well, you're you're going to feel unwell and you're going to be tired during the day, which does not help the already probably fatigued body of a perimenopausal woman. Um, I would suggest um, glucose control for sure, right? So again, that comes back to diet. Um, I personally take a lot of supplements. That's just because I now have a family history and I'm extra concerned about my long-term wellness. And I feel that there's only so much I can do with diet and lifestyle. So I like to take other added, you know, supplements that can hopefully reduce the inflammation in my body and reduce the stress. Um, and I like, I feel stress is the other one that we have to address. Uh, again, women in their perimenopausal years tend to have increased cortisol levels, but I think in general, right, for disease prevention, we have to be meditating um, going for walks in nature, journaling, you know, whatever works for you to still your mind and reduce your cortisol levels, I think is key. Right. Let's kind of break a few of those down because that's a lot. And, and I don't think most people know sleep hygiene. They don't even know what that is. They think they're yeah. supposed to be able to watch the news and then walk into their bedroom and fall asleep with the lights mm -hmm. on. So can you, can you give us an idea of what would be a good sleep hygiene for women to, to help them to get that deep sleep? Yeah, I know, like for me, what tends to work, and I think what I generally recommend is that we have to eliminate devices at least at least an hour before we go to bed, preferably more. The blue light is, we know, is incredibly disruptive to our, our deep sleep. Um, and then it's creating the proper bedtime routine. So whether that's, you know, jotting down your worries for the next day or your to-do list for the next day, because I know notoriously, especially as women, we tend to worry overnight and that disrupts our sleep, um, and keeping a cool temperature in the bedroom. I'm a big advocate of a white noise machine uh, to drown out any sounds that might disrupt sleep, to use an eye mask as well, again, to block out any potential light, because even the smallest amount of light from a, from a bedside clock can disrupt sleep. Um, and then I personally like to do like drink a sleepy time tea or something like with chamomile or valerian at, in the evening, um, I do take supplements before I go to bed to help with relaxation and then meditating can help for a lot of people. I think even if it's just deep breathing for five minutes, as you're trying to unwind, it can, it can really calm the mind. Mm -hmm. Now, when you think about, um, managing symptoms like perimenopause or menopause, is there any like silver bullet that you, you give to people that you know helps everybody or does there is everybody have to look at their own lifestyle and figure it out for themselves? Yeah, there is no there is no magic bullet because it really depends on, on your body. What symptoms are you experiencing? It's so different for every woman. I do highly recommend hormone replacement therapy for all women that are entering, entering their perimenopausal year. It's being shown to reduce the risk of not only cognitive decline, but also osteoporosis, cardiovascular disease. There's numerous benefits to using HRT if you are comfortable taking it and if you don't have any other, obviously, contraindications to taking it. But the newer formulations are being shown to be very safe and do not have the same risk factors that the old formulations do. So that's something I recommend. And then the rest is looking at your own lifestyle and saying, how can I make the healthiest choices for me, right? That are that are also, you know, reproducible long-term. Let's imagine for a moment that 20 women read your book, Lady Parts, putting women's health back into women's hands. What are you hoping they walk away with once they're done reading that book? What's the what's the real goal there? 
So the real goal there was first and foremost was to empower women to know their own bodies, because I think that's where a lot of the failure happens in, in current healthcare, right? That it's been dismissed, right? I think menopause has been treated as a natural occurrence, which it is. So we are going to lose these hormones, right? Whether we like it or not, but the symptoms we have and the risk of disease that, that occurs because of it is now we're starting to shed light on that, that this is maybe something we should be treating as a syndrome, no different than when we lose, you know, other um, functionality in our body. If we, you know, if our insulin's not working properly, we replace it. So I think it's, we should be looking at menopause very similarly. Um, but so I wanted women to be aware of what's normal and what's not normal. And it's okay to advocate for yourself. And then secondly, I think, there's an access to healthcare issue as well. So I wanted women to have tangible things that they can just do on their own at home that doesn't require them necessarily to see a healthcare practitioner, unless again, their symptoms are so severe that it's imperative that they do. Awesome. Now, you you mentioned it earlier in your conversation that you take a lot of supplements. I take a lot of supplements. In fact, my son, <laughs> when he stayed with me in a hotel room, he says, hey, you having a heart transplant or something? You know, and I said, <laughs> I, and, and basically I tell, I tell everybody, and he knows this because he's, you know, we've been doing this for 38 years. But yeah. I, I said, we can't get it from the foods. We can't, I mean, we no. can, we need the, we need to eat healthy, but we do need to supplement. And you have a new supplement uh, program coming out, mm -hmm. the essentials that you you put together. So tell us a little bit about why why you decided with a with such a crowded market. Why did you see the need for this niche product that you have for women? Yeah. So again, like I said, it stemmed from when my mom was first diagnosed um, with with Alzheimer's, and I became very concerned about my own health. And um, I do eat fairly clean, and I I'm proud of that. However, I do know that I mean you can. I don't eat everything. I'm not constantly, there's no way in a day to get really everything you need for disease prevention. Um, also, I was a little bit concerned that yeah, I can't always get organic. Um, and what does organic even mean, right? Does it mean the soil is clean? The water supply is clean? We don't know that. So for me, and because I have a risk of a very severe disease, I wanted to take numerous ingredients, um, everything from adaptogens and functional mushrooms to you know, vitamin D, omega-3, all the things that we know can not only help prevent chronic disease, but also reduce inflammation in the body. But finding the doses that I wanted, I was finding it very challenging. So I was having to buy supplements from numerous different locations. And then now I'm taking three or four of one, you know, and two to three of another. And now I'm taking a handful of pills every day. So I found that that was quite irritating. And I wanted women, to, women and myself really to have an easier system that all you have to do is open up, you know, a bottle, you take your two or three pills out, you take it and it has, this system has literally everything in it that I wanted to be taking. So there's 48 ingredients. Um, I kind of, you know, did the math on if you were to purchase this individually, you'd be taking about 50 to 60 pills in a day, but I had it blended down into 14. Um, they're enteric coated tablets. So we reduce stomach upset it's been laid out. So you just literally follow it through the day. There's no thinking involved. It's um, I just wanted it to be easy and, you know, to inc increase compliance really. And I wanted dosing that was actually being shown for disease prevention, not the low doses that you generally see in like grocery store brands. So that's what essentials is for me yeah. and why I created why don't we, it. Why don't we just kind of review a little bit about 
you you mentioned uh, uterine coated the supplement so it wouldn't hurt the stomach, but there's a mm -hmm. connection right between the gut and the brain and how that operates. Maybe you can just share with us, uh, you know, how how the nutrients help the brain. You know, when you're mm -hmm. digesting in your gut, how does that get to your brain and what's the connection there? So the if listeners don't understand the gut brain connection, they understand how this works. Yeah. So there's billions of nerve endings in in the gut lining and we're aware of that but when we have a very inflammatory lifestyle or a stressful lifestyle it does throw off our gut our gut health um this happens in perimenopause especially as we lose our estrogen again our gut health and our gut microbiome is affected um so in essentials i did include include a probiotic and i think i do advocate for eating probiotic foods as well because the healthier our gut lining is the better we will absorb these nutrients where our body is able to then flush anything that's negative right the the better our body is working, the more likely we are to excrete all the toxins that we may be taking in. A lot of the ingredients, again, in supplements can often help reduce that inflammation. Probiotics can help rebuild the gut microbiome. And then all of that just leads to a healthy computer system, which is our brain, right? As it all translates back up to that. That's great. Now, depending upon some when someone's watching this, obviously the supplements could be out, but they're coming out on, on the 23rd of October. And you've right, got a special yes. for for our um, Brain Fitness listeners, right? They can get $100 off if they pre-order it. Tell us how we do that. Yeah, so if you go to our website and you go to our shop page, there's a coming soon page. If you sign up, you will be on October 23rd, you'll be sent a $100 off promo code. Um, there's also the opportunity to download um, my ebook for free as well, actually, because I just want as many women to read it as possible. It's meant to be educational. That's great. Can you tell us a few stories uh, about how uh, you've transformed women's lives by helping them with these different systems that you have in place from helping with menopause to sleeping better to brain health? Um, and, and how's your mother doing right now? Well, my mother passed away in 2020. So during okay. COVID. So, um, but the silver lining in that, I do believe that she's the reason I'm doing what I'm doing today. And I know she would be super proud of me that I've turned something very, very sad into um, something positive. And I would encourage all women to do that, right? Take the bad and turn it into good, however you can. Um, but in terms of how I'm helping women, um, with just the supplement system, I've actually had numerous women trial it for me. And the biggest thing that I'm finding is they said that they're they're, they feel sharper and they're sleeping so much better. And I think that for me is a win because I, I know so many women that struggle with just feeling tired and not sleeping well. So that's um, very rewarding. And then in terms of our followers, like the questions we get, um, it's heartwarming because I think a lot, a lot of women feel that they're not being heard, that they don't have anywhere to feel like they're actually not alone in this. I think we don't talk about these these issues very much or what we're feeling. We we tend to hide it, normalize it. And I think um, by starting this company, it's opened up a platform for women to actually have someone to reach out to and to feel like there's a whole group of women that are in the same boat and there are answers and resources out there. We just have to demand them. If people want to learn more about you, I know you're on social media, very active. What can they hope to learn by following you on social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you know, all the social media channels, which we'll have shared below, but what mm -hmm. can they expect to learn as they follow you and uh, your journey to helping women, women's with their health? Oh, I think everything women's health related, we 
like to give information on things you can do in your life to protect your brain, to protect your health, improve your gut health, um, dietary changes you made. There's even a few recipes on there to help get you started that are, you know, dairy-free, gluten-free, very healthy, have a lot of nutrients in them. And we encourage also our followers to ask us questions because I'm always looking for what women would like to hear more about too. So it's kind of a two-way street in that respect. Yeah. So what can we expect to see from you in the, in the days, weeks, months, years to come? What's your, what's the big goal? What's your, what's your big ambition to um, add to health in the planet? Yeah. So we're trying to bridge the gap in healthcare for women. So essentials is just the first step. The next step is we're launching um, what we're calling our health hub as of uh, hopefully the new year, which will be bringing in at-home diagnostics for women, whether it's sleep testing, um, cancer screenings, you know, at-home phlebotomy, um, telemedicine. So women can actually speak to a physician about, you know, the hormone replacement options. Um, Cause that's something we're finding a lot of physicians are not trained in and are not really willing to address. So we're trying to actually bring in some of those tangible solutions as well with our health hub. So they just go to the website, right? And that's where mm-hmm. you're yeah, all of our information is there. They can connect yeah. with and, and they can do it. So yeah, a lot of people are going virtual since what happened in the uh, last few years. So, so that's exciting. So you're going to share this across um, the world, really. I mean, anybody can, anybody can come and see you learn, develop. Do you have any mm-hmm. courses for women that they can, they can tune into and learn how to implement this? Or is it just, it's that easy that they get your book, they start following the directions and, and they can do it at that point? Yeah, no courses as of right now. We are hoping to plan for a webinar, though, in November, where you can come and you can ask me questions, and I'll be talking a lot about women's health issues. Um, but for now, yes, it's just through our platform. Okay. And where would they sign up for that? Because we could have uh, some women that want to ask you specific questions. What's yeah, the best feel, uh, reach out to us on Instagram. Um, that's that's the best place right now. There There is a link for joining our webinar. Okay, great. So what have I forgot to ask you about women's health, about your future, about your book, anything you want to share with the brain fitness audience? Uh, no, actually, I feel like we covered all of um, all of the things going on with me right now. Okay. So, so just to wrap it up, if you know anyone out there that's going through menopause, that might be wondering what's the future hold, they might want to pick up this book, right? Lady parts, Mm -hmm. so that they can start to learn the connection and then start eating, thinking, and uh, responding to life in a way that's going to promote health instead of letting the deterioration happen. Of course, the worst thing that happened is nothing. And then you just let the biology do its thing, which unfortunately after, you know, usually after about 27, people start to realize they're no longer going to live forever. You know, there's there's something. (laughs) Yeah. Mortality sense in. Yeah. 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 So, (laughs) So, you know, Go check out Lady Parts, Putting Women's Health Back in Women's Hands. I want to thank you, uh, Dr. Desai, for being here, taking time out to share this with the audience. It's so important to know that there is these connections because some people think they're losing their mind and they don't have mm-hmm. to, right? They can that's they right. can start eating right. They can start thinking right. You have a supplement line that's coming out. I'm going to encourage people to go to your website, check that out, see if that's something that can help and assist you. And if you have a, a mother, a, a wife, a daughter, a sister, whatever that you know is in need of learning about this. And I think every woman needs to learn about this. And it was interesting. You talked about heart. Um, you had a heart healthy heart program because we have one mm-hmm. of those at BrainTap as well. We have a healthy oh, heart program in our app. It, we did with uh, actually Toronto Hospital. So they're oh, okay. 
<laughs> Ontario. Uh, Dr. Michael Irving and I worked on that. But it's it's so important, and women don't really realize that that's that's one of the main ways that they die, right? I mean, they have heart attacks. It's the number one cause of death in yeah. women. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think just taking care of your health is going to take care of everything. And so, um, you know, I'm going to encourage everyone to learn more about uh, Dr. Desai. We're going to have all of her social media links below. We're going to have everything you need to, to do. We're going to have a link to her book. So if you want to go buy that book, it's available. I'm taking on Amazon and other bookstores. Yes. So we'll make sure it's out there and available to people. And I appreciate you being on here and uh, look forward to you helping on the on the brain fitness journey, helping people yes. with their brains one forward, at a time. I look, I look forward to it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Brain Fitness Podcast. We're out to better a billion brains. And right now, if you're listening, it's your brain we're talking to. So please encourage, I encourage you to review over this information. Go check out Dr. Desai and see if this is something that would, would help you or someone you love and care about. And please tune in for the next Brain Fitness Podcast. Thank you again for being on. Thank you for joining us on our mission to better a billion brains. Follow at Dr. Patrick Porter on social media for updates and remember to practice brain fitness every day.